0: Stirring the pot with Drip Kitchen.
1: You guys have any weird dreams lately?
2: Yes.
0: Really? Weird dreams, so,
1: yes. (laughs) But, like, recently.
2: I don't know if it's all the wood that's surrounding me right now, but, like... (laughs) I swear there's something weird going on where every single night I'm having vivid dreams.
1: You're like, I've been dreaming of a fucking cedar for fucking weeks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no, I've, I've just been having, like, these bizarre dreams that are so realistic, and I hate it because it almost, like, blurs reality a little bit yeah you know when you're like
1: I, like I feel like i haven't dreamed too much but that's because i i get like too high before i go to bed and apparently just being high just destroys dreams
2: but you know when you're in a dream <laughs> and like part of you knows you're dreaming but then the other part like can't change it because sometimes you have the ability to like change what's happening and you say okay i can change this and like it morphs the scene have you ever had that happen? Yeah, no,
1: I know what you're saying. It's funny. But I I do, but I have dreams that are kind of like, I know they're not real. And then a part of me is like, I live here now. So if that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> I feel like the weed, I mean, it
2: doesn't stop my dreams, that's for sure. So I would like to... That's- it, yeah i don't know that's because taylor's tolerance is just ridiculous you <laughs> can't smoke enough
1: taylor's taylor's like i can't get high anymore you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean it definitely doesn't interfere with my dreams that's for sure i feel like I, but i have a lot of recurring dreams like if i could if i was an artist which I'm not like i can't draw i could draw out places that i often am in my dreams
1: today i found out there's like an indoor snowboarding place in a mall like 45 minutes from here.
0: How do you indoor snowboard? I, I,
1: they make snow inside, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to try it or not though. Cause it just sounds overcrowded. It just sounds like people who want to try it b- while they're shopping for stuff. It just, it doesn't sound like something where like somebody goes to a mountain and it's like people who are way better than you and not ruining the t- good time. Um, that's me. I do that. But, like, the mall just sounds like, oh, I've always wanted to try that, and then they fucking suck, and it sounds terrible. I
0: just, I don't understand how that works. It's, it's
1: called, like, American Dream or something, it's, oh, I, I can't I passed it on my way
0: to Philly, and it has, like, the water slide that's on the outside. Yeah, man. Apparently,
1: they have, like, indoor snowboarding and skiing and shit. I don't know how good it is. I'm not gonna vouch for it. It it does sound like a terrible time. Anything in the center of a mall sounds terrible, but, you know, I do kind of want to seize it. I mean, I would try it. Yeah. And you bring your own equipment. It costs a lot less, so.
0: I've always got, every time I pass that building on my way there, I, like, kind of like the heebie V's because the water slide comes out of the building and back into the building. And it's kind
1: of
2: like... <laughs> That's sick.
1: It's kind of scary looking. I don't know. That's I'm going to throw my 31st birthday there. Hell yeah. Can I come? Yeah, 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 you guys are invited unless you guys plan another event on my birthday or something.
2: <laughs> oh, we should make sure we didn't do that. Did we? I'm so sorry that we did that last year, Kim.
1: It's Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't care. I'm just going to remind you every year.
2: <laughs> okay, we deserve it. Although, by the time this podcast is out, uh, our Texas event registration will be up.
0: So your weekend, birthday weekend is the same as Clutch Kickers. Oh, no. What are you guys going to do? <laughs> you want to go to Florida for your birthday?
1: Oh, it's like you guys want to take me to every state where people choose to die in for my birthday.
2: I thought that's what you wanted,
1: no. oh oh, no. not Florida Florida's wet, sunny,
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's a good wet it's it's <laughs> a good wet. We can go to the waterfalls.
1: I thought it's black I went to Disney World, and I could tell you I was not good wet. <laughs> 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 no, it's like a good wet. You know what I mean? Good wet. That's funny. Now we should say that. I'd be like, Taylor's like, oh, I'm wet. would be like bad wet or good wet.
2: <laughs> oh, it came out wrong.
1: <laughs> no, I like it because I'm actually gonna use it. I'm gonna use it on people who don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Even if they've clearly been outside in the rain, they're like, oh, I'm some wet. they like, mm, good <laughs> or bad.
0: <laughs> Should we do an intro? Yeah. We'll
1: Did we not do one? No. Oh. Yeah, maybe. All right. Why doesn't Taylor do it? Why? <laughs> I was all ready to do it, too. Oh, you were? Then you do it.
2: She was Nah, right. I don't want to know because you said you wanted Taylor to do it. So
1: I, no, ain't doing it. I, I just know last time you told me to do it. So I was like, I don't want to do it, and t- I don't think Alexis wants to do it.
0: <laughs> I mean, all right. We said we see you next Tuesday, and here we are, back with episode number Whatever. fourteen. 14. <laughs> fourteen.
1: I was gonna say we're doing good. See, I feel like we did. We did talk about this though. We talking about fourteen episodes.
2: So, this week we have Kelsey Rowlings on the podcast, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about competition drifting and a little bit about her backstory.
1: If you want to follow Kelsey, you can get her on Instagram at Kelsey Rowlings. And
3: yeah. Hey, Kelsey. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Can
2: you hear us okay? I can. Cool. Kim, we're checking on you now.
0: Yeah, no, I'm good. All right. cool. I guess we can just,
3: I don't know, jump right in and ask what got you into drifting. Well, um, it's a bit of a story. I'll keep it a little bit short, though. I discovered what drifting was in uh, my senior year of high school. And of course, it started out, I was dating a guy that had a Nissan 240SX. And I was like, man, that car is so cool. Like, I've never seen it before. You know, like, I, I really, really like it. And he's like, oh, well, have you ever seen what they can do? I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's a car. It drives. So he actually pulled up a video of drifting, and it was those videos of in Japan of everyone drifting around, and I was just mind blown. I had no idea it was a thing. So then I decided that as my first car going off to college, I wanted to get a Nissan 240 SX and I wanted to start drifting. And, uh, from there, I told my parents, I want to start drifting with this car. And they, specifically my dad said, absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. You're a girl. It's hard on the car. Uh, that you, you don't need to be getting into that kind of crowd. No. Um, so I met people with the same cars, started going to these car meets, started going with them to the track, started borrowing,
2: uh, wheels and a helmet.
3: And I started doing it anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay.
2: Did you not know at that point that you were doing that? They did not know.
3: They had no idea. Um, I would just tell my parents that, oh, I'm just going to car meet or, I'm, oh, I'm going to go hang out with friends. And I would literally go out to the track and I was drifting my car. And I kept it a secret from them for about six months, I would say. Was it, um, was it your daily at the time? It was my daily, it, which, which I don't recommend, um, <laughs> uh, which, which I found out the hard way that uh, you shouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, was driving for about six months without them knowing finally they caught on. And I said, well, dad, just, just come to the track with me. Like just watch me drive. I, I'm not very good, but I feel like I could be, I feel like I could be good at it. So he comes to the track. He's like, well, I mean, okay. I, I'm, I see what it is. We'll talk. And, uh, he left, he and my mom went to some party and then I wrecked my car into the wall that night at Orlando speed world. Absolutely totaled it. Airbag went off in my face. Again, daily driver. Still had airbags. Uh, I was wearing an open-face helmet. Uh, It broke my nose. I got a black eye. My whole face uh, swelled up. I was bleeding inside of my mouth. And uh, I couldn't get a hold of them because they were at this party. So literally the night they came out, or my dad came out to see me drive, I ended up totaling my daily driver. Um, And that was December thirteenth, two (laughs) 2008. Wow. Um, He, uh, so, I mean, obviously that's not ideal, Um, and a familiar name probably to a lot of people in the industry, uh, back then I was driving the same events with uh, Pat Gooden, uh, former FD driver. He actually unloaded his car from his trailer, we got my wrecked totaled car onto his trailer, and he drove me home that night. And I didn't get a hold of my dad until we were on our way home several hours later. Told him I wrecked the car and that I was on my way home. And when I got there, he got so mad because I didn't tell him that I actually got injured. He's like, well, why didn't you tell me that, that you were hurt? Like, I don't, I don't care about the car. You didn't tell me you got hurt. And uh, so after that, they weren't sure that I ever wanted to do it again, obviously. Uh, what I didn't know is they had actually bought me my own helmet for Christmas that year. And Christmas comes up, they hand me this last gift. And they're like, I I don't know if we should give you this. uh, Because we have to have a very long conversation about this. Um, So they give me this helmet. And he says, if you're going to keep doing this, I don't want it to be behind my back. And I want you to be safe. So I want to be involved. And ever since then, my dad has gotten involved. He's helped me build the cars that I drive. Even today, he's my crew chief on my FD team. Um, So now it's went from, I don't ever want you to do that to now kind of a daddy-daughter type bonding sport.
2: Yeah, I was going to say when I met you down at OSW, um, your dad was there and he was like actively working on your car and stuff. And that was really cool to see. Yeah, it's
3: definitely uh, become kind of his hobby as well. Uh, he was into cars back in the day. wasn't wasn't on board with the whole drifting train at first. You know, he's a muscle car, drag racing guy. He didn't he didn't understand drifting, um, but he's gotten really into it and he really loves it now. So it's kind of brought his hobbies back to him. So,
1: so what made you make the jump from grassroots to competition?
3: Um, it was somewhat of a natural progression for me. Um what kind of got me on that track was I went to a formula drift event at Road Atlanta in 2009 and it was the very first time I had seen formula drift I'd never heard of it before and I saw them coming down the hill at that track and I said oh my god I want to drive this track someday like I have to do this this looks like this this looks amazing I have to do this someday um, so I just kind of started progressing and I mean, I'll be honest, I was terrible for a very, very long time, like really bad, really, really bad. Uh, And then I finally felt confident enough to start competing. I believe it was around 2012. Um, 2012, I started doing some random pro-ams here and there, not a full series. Um, And then I think it was 2013 that I decided to kind of start going for more pro-ams seriously, started doing series. Um, I competed in a streetwise drift, uh, three palms drift, which is where I actually got my license from. And I also did some, uh, what's it, uh, Lone Star drift events as well, pro-ams. So I, I tried to travel all around and do as many tracks as possible. Um, but getting into competition was really more so just the natural progression of the sport.
0: It's really awesome. Um, what?
3: Tell us about your competition accomplishments. Um, I can't say that I have too many. I would say probably one of the biggest accomplishments I had was, um, I can't remember if it was 2013, 2012 or 2013, uh, but it was, there was a series called W Drift, and it was formerly XDC, Extreme Drift Circuit. Um, I got my very first podium, at that event and I was on the podium with Patrick Gooden and uh, Jeremy Lowe, who at the time Jeremy Lowe was, was an FD driver as well. And I felt so proud of myself because here were these two formula drift drivers and then me, I got third place. Um, so that was, that was huge for me. And then, you know, since then throughout the pro-ams, I've gotten several podiums at this point. Um, I have never gotten first place. I will say that I have never gotten first place in any sort of pro-am. I've gotten first in qualifying sometimes, but I've never, never been on top of the podium. Um, But I got my uh, FD license in a series that was like 2014 to 2015. And then I started competing in pro two, now pro spec in uh, 2015. So as far as accomplishments, I haven't had that many um, and no firsts yet. But hoping to change that. I was going to say, I'm glad you said yet. Yeah.
0: No first yet.
2: Yeah, It's the goal. <laughs> and you're definitely, like, one of the first, like, women that I was ever introduced to in drifting. Like, when I first, first started drifting, I remember seeing, you know, you competing and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Because there's not a lot of women that do that. Um, would you, what advice would you give to another woman who wants to maybe get started in competition uh,
3: my advice would be to not rush into it uh, you know make sure you're ready make sure your car is good uh, you don't need to have a pro spec or a pro built car to start competing um, start doing competitions here and there don't do a series right away drive as many tracks as possible because really driving as many tracks and being in as many different situations as possible will get you ready for different situations. Um, But I mean, really practice makes perfect seat time, seat time, seat time. And, uh, and don't be disappointed if you don't do as well as you hope, because no matter how well or how badly you do, there's always something to learn from that situation So try to concentrate on the little things and those little improvements. And, you know, hey, you may have not qualified, but dang, that one corner, you did that the best you have ever done, you know? Like, celebrate those little things and don't look over them. I like that, I like
2: that a lot. Is there something that you do like to get ready for competition, like either mentally or physically? Uh, mentally, I'm still trying to figure that out.
3: <laughs> I am, I am a complete nutcase when it comes to competing. I get so incredibly nervous and a lot of people will be like, well, how'd you get to where you are? If you get so nervous, no, I, oh, it's terrible. I'll be shaking. As soon as I pulled the line, I just went to the bathroom, but dang, I got to pee again. <laughs> um, I'm like, literally my, my legs are going crazy. Cause I'm just like shaking. So mentally I'm still trying to figure out how to prepare for a competition and everything. Um, I mean, I think that that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, Physically, as far as getting ready for me, I do have, um, you know, not the best health. I do have some health issues. And because of that, when I know I'm coming up to a drift weekend, I make sure I'm eating well, I'm getting enough sleep and drinking enough water uh, because you spend a lot of energy when you're out in the sun, it can really wear you down. And if you want to be in the best state you can mentally to kind of do what you need to do, it's important that you really take care of yourself physically. So I really try to uh, prepare myself by just
2: being as healthy as I can, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely don't have any luck with that. I feel like the week Core <laughs> events, I'm just like, I'm just not going to eat because I'm super anxious and I don't even compete. This is just for like a regular event, B-class. Even out of events. <laughs> well, hey,
3: even if you can't eat, I will say uh, it makes a world of difference just trying to hydrate as much as possible, you know, really forcing yourself to drink water. Because um, I, I definitely feel that too. Sometimes d- on actual competition day, I can't eat. I'm too anxious. As soon as the driving's over, you best believe I'm eating absolutely anything in my sight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your dream setup? This is kind of a tough question for me, to be honest. Um, I can't say I really have a dream setup. Uh, I like so many different things and I'm very indecisive as a person um, because I'll be like, well, man, I really like, you know, I really think the newer Lexus have really awesome styling and I really like those newer BMWs. They look really good. And, but I really like this Ford engine I have in my car, like, you know, this 5.0 Illuminator that I stuffed in an S14, but, but then again, I also really like, you know, these new Supras and man, it would be really cool to have a 2JZ and one of the new Supras. And I go back and forth so many times with, cars and engines and things like that that honestly i do not have a dream setup i like too many things and i am too indecisive (laughs) That means you're just gonna have more than one dream setup (laughs) i mean i do have two drift cars right now and they are total opposites as far as uh what they could be you know they're both s14s but you know one has a 500 horsepower 2.2 liter sr engine in it you know turbo life And then the other one's got this supercharged Ford V8. Uh, So, I mean, they're very, very different in how they respond. But I love both of them. I absolutely love both of them. Driving both of them is just
2: so much fun. What suspension do you run on? So I have
3: uh, on both cars, I have BC Racing Coilovers on my Formula Drift competition car. I run uh, the Wisefab angle in the front and then I have PBM components in the rear on my SR car. Um, that car is very, very basic and I like it that way. It's on those uh, cut knuckles and extended lower arms, you know, modified stock suspension stuff. Um, and uh, it, it's never really gotten too fancy. Believe it or not, I actually drove my very first year of FD in that SR car And I still have a stock front radiator support in that car. And I remember going through tech my very first year and Kevin Wells goes, man, I haven't seen a car this stock since like, you know, 2012, 2011. I felt a little proud of that. (laughs) It was also also the slowest car in the field. So maybe I shouldn't be proud of that. But, (laughs) you know, got to do what you got to do.
1: So what would you say your favorite and your least favorite thing about the community would be?
3: This one's tough as well. um, Because obviously I don't want to say there's anything I don't like about the community. What I do really like is the, I don't know, like the drifting community seems like it's a family, you know, even at competitions, you know, you go to formula drift And I've had a few moments where obviously I've, I've crashed pretty bad and I've had other teams rush over to help me fix the car. They're my competitors and they're rushing over to help me fix the car because everybody wants to see you go out and run. And, you know, you break apart, you go over to somebody else in the pits, like, Hey, do you have this? Do you have that? Everyone's constantly trying to help each other out to make sure that we all can drive. Uh, And that's something that I absolutely love about this community. And you don't find that in every single motorsport. As far as what I don't like, um, I mean, honestly, there's not too much I don't like. Uh, Obviously, I do think that there is some improvement that needs to be made. I would love to see more girls out there. And um, there are still some environments, mostly, you know, the internet trolls that guys that don't even drive, they will literally be talking all this crap uh, about girls that are starting out. And, you know, you watch a girl just starting to learn to drive, she's going to drive just as well as a guy starting to learn how to drive. But she's more noticeable, obviously, because she's a girl. And, um, you know, we get a lot of hate. Uh, and it's absolutely ridiculous and what sucks is it's usually the people who have just started driving a lot of the people that I know that have been driving for a long time uh, you know they don't do that kind of thing but there are still those select few that and not just girls they just they they hate a lot and uh, I really want to see that see that disappear I mean in all aspects of life really
1: no, I, and that's, it's funny though, just because um, that's honestly, we ask that question a lot and basically what you said is what we hear a lot is that the community is so open to help other people um, and it's funny because a lot of people tend to kind of stray away from like the drag scene and everything and then when they get into drifting, mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God, people help each other? Like
3: in addition Yep. Competition? yep. Yeah, you, yeah, drag racing, dirt track, like you go to a lot of those other environments, and they, like NASCAR even, they will physically fight each other.
2: And I'm like,
3: what are y'all doing? Like, yeah. but, I mean, drifting, you just, you just don't have that. And that's something I, I absolutely, absolutely love. And I think that that's one of the reasons I was able to kind of keep going is even though there were some haters, uh, there were a lot of people that were very supportive as well.
1: Yeah. There's always, there's always bad eggs, but you're right. I honestly, I think the community is pretty heartwarming for the most part.
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, do you have any plans on doing any grassroots events this year? Um, so I always have plans to do grassroots events.
3: Whether I actually make it to them is another story. Um Obviously, one of my home tracks has always been like Orlando Speed World, and I used to go to events there a lot. Um, I moved to California last year. So last year during a pandemic and moving to California, I honestly didn't get to drive very much. I drove the 4FD events, I drove Ford Fest, and then I had two test days. And that's the least that I've ever driven in a year, which is very depressing So this year, I'm hoping to change that. I'm hoping that, you know, the pandemic is uh, more under control now so that we can have more events. Um, I have a car with me in California now. My SR car actually is in California with me now. And my Formula Drift car stays in Florida. So I'm hoping that having a car on each coast will allow me to kind of spread my wings a little bit and get to more events in general. Uh, But I love grassroots events. Um, You know, I've... Been meaning to make it up y'all's way and uh, try to do like an East Coast bash or a freedom moves. That's been on my list for honestly like five years and I haven't, I haven't worked it out with my schedule yet, but that's still on my list. So hopefully one of these days I'll be able to kind of make it up there. Um, but other than that, Grid Gridlifes, Import Alliances, Ford Fests, uh, just other random events around. I, I try to make it to whatever I can, to be honest.
0: What is one track that you have never driven before that you wish you could drive?
3: Ooh, oh, that's a tough one.
0: <laughs> or you know, one, two, or three of
3: them. Hmm. So I feel like there's categories to, <laughs> to this question because um, I will say, being in Pro Two, uh, we don't get to drive all the tracks. You know, I've never driven the Long Beach Formula Drift track uh, I would love to drive that uh, I wouldn't say it's my dream track but it's like on the top of the list of tracks I really want to drive so hopefully you know I bump up to pro here in the next couple years and can uh, attack that track but um oh man there's there's a lot uh man there's a lot I mean can we count ones out of the country too sure, <laughs> of course yeah um so I I mean I've always wanted to drive on the Nürburgring. That's not as much of a drift track, but, uh, you know, I've always wanted to drive there. Um, oh man, this is a really
2: hard one. <laughs> oh, what else do I got? But uh, didn't you like kind of recently, um, travel for drifting though? Cause you went to Asia, right? Uh, yeah, I actually, I went to China.
3: um, I competed in an all ladies series that they are trying to start over there. Um, it was their very first time doing it. So uh, it, there was uh, myself and three other female drivers that were tandem capable competing, uh, one from China, one from Japan, one from Russia, and then myself. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. It was a very interesting experience because I I flew in. My plane was a day late um, because my connection got messed up. I, f- I, Washington C- I flew up to Washington, D.C. I got stuck there for a full day because of my flights getting messed up. And so I showed up to China, and I missed the entire practice day. I had to go right into competition in a car that I have never driven, and it was a 350Z stock engine um i have no idea what kind of coilovers it had on it some sort of coilovers some sort of makeshift um chinese version of wise Fab. uh <laughs> they straight up told me it was it was the wish version of wise Fab. um <laughs> and i mean the setup on this car was not ideal uh there were ginormous spacers on the front and the back um when i got there the hydro e-brake was not working at all they had to like Fix things, and we we're adjusting things, and uh, it was it was uh, it was an interesting car. Let's let's just say that. But I got in it, and I started getting used to it, and uh, I didn't do too bad. I ended up placing, uh, I believe, second overall in this ladies' cup thing. Um, but it was very fun because even though it wasn't ideal, it's really fun to get in a car that you don't know that you've never driven before, and uh and try to do well and obviously it was also right hand drive so there was that to get used to um and uh no, I mean it, it was just an amazing experience in general because it was a huge learning opportunity
1: so weird question but if you weren't drifting what else do you think you'd be pursuing did you have any hobbies on top of this one
3: yeah, I actually, I actually had a lot of hobbies. Um, growing up, I was huge into horseback riding. Um, I started riding horses when I was seven years old. And I was competing all through high school and middle school and even into college. I was on the University of Florida equestrian team for a while. And for a very long time, that is what I wanted to do. Uh, I learned very quickly that horses are very expensive And in college, I could not afford them by myself because uh, even when you're not using them, they still need to eat and live. Uh, (laughs) So it wasn't like a car where if you didn't have money to drive for a few months, you could just not pay anything. It just sits in the driveway. No, the horses still had to eat. Uh, So I found out very quickly that that was not affordable for me. And uh, as I got into college, kind of drifting, my passion for drifting took over anyway. So I kind of shifted gears. Um, but I always loved horses and I still, I still love horses to this day and would love to have more to do with them. But I was also a huge band geek. Uh, and I went to the University of Florida originally on a a music scholarship to play the bassoon. Um, so if anybody doesn't know what that is, you should Google it because I absolutely cannot describe it to you. It is a very strange instrument. Um, but for a while I thought that, I was going to be a professional musician. Um, and uh, that that didn't happen.
1: <laughs> I was going say, sorry, I'm, I'm actually looking up what a bassoon looks like. I was going to oh. say, I don't think
2: I know what a bassoon is. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I better look this thing up. That's probably the most random instrument you could ever pick. I know. Yeah,
3: it's, uh, <laughs> I, I picked it because, I've always been drawn to things that are different. I've never liked doing the same thing as somebody else. And, um, you know, my my sister played the flute and my mom played the piano. And I, I'm like, I, well, I want to play something like something different. And my sister is like, oh, you should play the bassoon. I was like, what's that? Um, so <laughs> I Googled it. And I was like, yeah, I want to play that. And then I went to band one day. I told my band director in sixth grade, I'll play the bassoon. He takes it out of the case, puts it together, puts it in front of me. He's like, this is how you hold it. And I'm like, okay, cool. How do I play it? And he's like, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So from then on, it was private lessons and learning to play this thing. And, um, you know, it was uh, easy to get into a good college playing an instrument that not many people play. So there's a secret if you're trying to get into good school and your grades aren't that great, play the bassoon. <laughs> I was
1: going to say, it looks like you could play like a wild rendition of hot cross buns on this thing. Do you guys? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's got a very unique sound. Uh, one of the things that's very well known for uh, if you watch Fantasia, there's the, the part in Fantasia where Mickey Mouse is making the broomsticks carry the pills of water up the stairs and do his work for him and that's a song called the sorcerer's apprentice and the main instrument like the solo instrument on that is actually the bassoon so there's a, a famous area of where the, the bassoon is very well known
1: there's your there's
3: your I'm random bandique
1: fact of the that. day no i love it we never get to talk about weird instruments
0: on here. <laughs> <laughs> This is Wait, I remember. I, like I remember this. the hot cross buns. Wasn't that on the recorder? Hot cross buns. Hot cross. Yeah, <laughs> it was on
1: recorder. I think it was like necessary for some reason. We had to learn weird stuff in elementary school, like hot cross buns on recorder and how to square dance. I don't know. My school is <laughs>
0: weird.
3: Like no i you- i definitely I definitely had that uh, that as well. I think it was like fourth or fifth grade. Everybody has to take the generic music class where you get the recorders out and you <laughs> learn hot cross buns uh, it 's just so easy because it 's literally three notes it 's literally three <laughs> notes the entire thing
0: and we still um, managed to sound absolutely terrible
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so much teachers
1: knew it 's like you 're not going to have a calculator in your pocket in the future. But you better
3: know how to play hot cross buns on recorder when need be, right? <laughs> forget taxes, forget actual adult stuff. <laughs> Make sure you play hot cross buns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Play that in an interview;
1: it'll go over great. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know that they do it anymore. Uh, I, I, yeah, definitely not with like COVID. They're probably not sending out recorders anymore. <laughs>
3: Mm.
0: I'm pretty sure they do though I'm still I think the recorder is still a thing
3: I hope so (laughs) I really do hope so
1: (laughs) so let's see do you think having a strong social media presence helps as a driver like trying to make it
3: oof Um, I have mixed feelings about this this question and this scenario Uh, It's a yes and no uh, answer. Yes, in the sense that, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, nowadays, it seems that anybody that uh, you're looking at to get sponsored by, uh, any sort of partner you're trying to work with, they very much like a social media presence. Uh, You know, it seems like the more followers you have or, you know, having a YouTube channel... Uh, that does play a part in whether they want to work with you or how much they work with you because obviously they want you to have a good platform to be able to promote their brand. And if you don't have that far of a reach, like say you have 500 followers on Instagram, um, but then this other person has 25,000 followers on Instagram, well, unfortunately, they're probably going to go for the person with 25,000 even if maybe you're a better driver, simply because their reach is further. Um, and I personally hate this because I really dislike social media. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I don't, I don't post as often as I should. You know, everyone's telling me, oh, you should post every day. And I think if I go on my Instagram right now, I, I haven't, I don't think I've posted since Valentine's day. Um, (laughs) so it's been almost, (laughs) it's been a few weeks which is really bad. And my excuse is that it's the off season so I can get away with it. Um, But it's, it's really bad. I just, I honestly, I don't like having to post on social media. I don't care about it. I don't care about having followers and stuff like that. It literally, uh, I literally only have social media to be able to have that reach and to get partnerships because if I wasn't able to get the partnerships, I wouldn't be driving. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to afford Formula Drift and stuff. So uh, it's kind of that double-edged sword, unfortunately.
0: I feel you. I feel the same way about social media. So <laughs> <It's hard. laughs> I don't know. And I feel like, like you said, like a lot of sponsors, you know, from a business aspect, I understand the following part. But yeah, I feel like they almost sometimes don't look at driving skill as much as the followers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes it hard to like prioritize, I guess. And like, I don't know, it's frustrating, I think, for all of us.
3: Yeah, especially because, you know, there are, and and I'm not, uh, I'm not hating on these girls whatsoever, uh, but there are a lot of girls out there who have a lot of followers simply because it's a lot of pictures of them posing by their car. And, uh, you know, nothing against those girls, but guys love seeing that. And, you know, for somebody that mm-hmm. is a little bit more shy or doesn't like to put themselves out there as well, uh, they might be a better driver, but they just don't have the confidence maybe to put themselves out there like that. And uh, it's just unfortunate that those people maybe get overlooked because of, uh, you know, these other people that do have that social media following and, and make that a priority. Um, but because of that, honestly, with social media, Uh, I've tried very hard to keep my social media professional uh, in the sense that uh, it would be very easy to get a lot of followers if I were to, say, post a picture of myself in a bikini posting, you know, by my car. Unfortunately, that's just how the world works. Sometimes, uh, you know, guys find that very attractive. And I don't want to lower my own personal standards Again, not hating on any girl that does that because, hey, if you have that confidence and you you love how you look and you want to show it off, dang more power to you. I wish I had that confidence, um, but I want to be able to create something for myself and show other girls growing up or l- younger girls that they don't necessarily have to show off their bodies to be successful in something. Um,
1: yeah, you should another option you're being a role
3: model exactly and and like I said um I have a lot of respect for the girls that do do that and they uh take their modeling career very you know seriously and things like that I just I personally don't have that kind of confidence in myself you know and uh I I don't want anybody to feel pressure to put themselves in that environment just for the sake of being successful. I do think that even though I maybe have less followers than one of those people, I like to think that, uh, I'm, I'm promoting something good as well and a different type of uh, confidence. So.
0: Yeah. What are your goals for this year, both drifting and otherwise?
3: Uh, goals for this year is, uh, to honestly just build on last year. Um, last year we had a very good year because it was the first year in my formula drift history with my v8 car that I did not have steering issues (laughs) Um, a lot of people know that we had a lot of issues blowing up power steering pumps um, for several years and it was an issue we could not fix and finally last year we were able to fix that and I felt like I was able to rebuild some confidence in the car and my own driving abilities because the car worked. (laughs) Um, So honestly, just, I want to try to work on, you know, building up my confidence even more, uh, you know, improving, you know, again, it's those little things, you know, I may go to one of the same tracks as last year and be like, okay, well, I did okay this year, but I really want to get the flow in those two turns better. I really want to connect those better. Um, it's really all these little things. I, I want to make sure that my driving of myself is improving. Um, I could sit here and say, oh, yeah, you know, I want to win first place and, and get a podium. And and obviously the ultimate goal is to move up to pro. Um, but I like to bring it down a little lower than that and, know that I am improving on where I was last year, whether I'm getting the podiums or not. So long winded answer Uh, goal is I just want to build myself and improve on myself from last year.
2: No, I love it. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, shift up now. Um, Tell us a bit about what you do with those ladies. So Shift Up Now
3: is an organization of female racers uh, from various different types of motorsport. And the goal with this group is to encourage and inspire other women and girls to get into motorsports. And basically, they offer a membership type thing right now where you can become a member if you're interested in getting involved in one of the motorsports and they offer um, discount codes for several different uh, uh, companies. So let's say you're trying to uh, get into go-karting. Like we, there's a lot of young, young girls that are part of this group, like seven-year-olds that are getting into go-karting. And, um, you know, they want to buy a helmet. So they actually will offer a discount code so you can go get discounts on what you need to kind of get you started in motorsports and it's it's newer they're just kind of starting out so uh, obviously i expect it to be growing a lot over the next uh, few years um but as of right now uh it's it's there to kind of give people um what what's the word for it it's it's kind of give girls more options as far as getting started uh giving them information they do online Zoom webinars where they'll talk about getting sponsors and uh, you know, informative things like fitness involved with uh, motorsports and things like that. Um, they basically are there to be a resource to answer questions and to help people or help women to get further in uh, motorsports.
2: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I actually met Lynn. Um, in New Jersey for an enduro race. She's a really cool person. I like what she's doing. Yeah,
3: yeah I think she's really awesome for kind of helping this all get started. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of great girls involved. Uh, you know, Pippa Mann, she's driven IndyCar. And, uh, you know, Shay Holbrook, who did double series. Um, uh, Michelle Abadi, she's, you know, does TA2. Um, she's like one of the most successful female TA2 drivers li- right now. So, there is a lot of great resources um, for anybody interested in getting into these motorsports. Uh, they're there for you to talk to and get information, and they can kind of guide you on what you need to do to follow that path. Awesome. And what advice would
0: you give to someone who is just looking to start drifting, like never driven before? What
3: advice would you give them? Uh, keep it simple. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people go out there and they think they need some crazy car build and things like that to get started. And, uh, you really don't. Um, honestly, I think that something like a 350 Z put some coilovers on it, make sure it has a locking, um, differential in it or like a welding welded differential in it. And really that's it, you know, get some good front tires on there and, and start drifting it. Um, you know, you don't need an angle kit. You don't need, uh, you know, the the craziest stuff ever. Um, You don't need a turbo. Just start with a slow car. Start somewhere. Get out there. Drive. Honestly, driving with a not ideal setup is going to teach you more than driving with a perfectly built car. Not only will you find the flaws in the car and things will break if it's a, a POS. I recommend driving POSs. Um, things will break. You learn how to fix them. You learn how to overcome, you know, oh, it's getting more angle this way than that way. Well, you learn and you're like, you know, you can't transition harder that way than the other way, because it's a piece of crap. You know, you learn the car and you learn how to feel the car. And I really think that starting out that way versus starting, starting in something perfect, uh, it will, it will teach
2: you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. That was awesome. No problem. No problem. All right. So we'll let you go. The, <laughs> enjoy the rest yeah. of your night. I don't want to keep you all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, going to get
3: back, back to work, do a little bit more work before I call it a night, but, uh, it was great talking to you guys, and uh, thanks for including me in your podcast. Yeah. Uh, I love being a part of it, and, uh, you know, maybe we can do this again sometime.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully maybe we'll see you at some events up north soon, English Town. Well, hey, well, we have a, we do have a FD round in Jersey oh, this right. year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Rose is going to be
3: up in Jersey. Oh, yeah. All yeah. Right. We'll see you there then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you awesome great talking
2: to you guys have a good night you too bye hey guys i want to take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor swivel mount swivel mount is a camera mount that swivels it's made specifically for drifting why waste time bothering track workers to set up your gopro mount you can have one you don't have to worry about You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me, personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. Getting a chance to see the swivel mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. Swivel mount helps capture sick footage, and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. Go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website.
0: I went my
1: I can't wait to put all these together and make you, like, a mixtape. You just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: fucking it up every single time. One week. of
1: them's your goddamn name.
0: <laughs> and that's usually the part that I feel like I I mess up at first. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're like, Wet Whistles <laughs> Weekly Wisdom.
2: <laughs> <sighs> it's a good
0: one. I don't know if I did this one already. <laughs> I have to go through and, like, I have to write down them all so I don't... Really- no.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, i'm
1: I'm sorry what is this week's whitmore's weekly wisdom
0: this week's whitmore weekly wisdom is don't be afraid to try new things this year even if you're scared just do it anyways yes
1: i love it good
2: all Um, right well guys we will see you next tuesday see you next tuesday
1: Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Definitely check out the next episode. Appreciate all your support. Don't forget to follow Drift Kitchen on Instagram. And to check out their Big Cartel site and pick up some merch. Thanks again, guys.